0: Hello, and welcome to the Missing Link for SLPs podcast. I'm really glad you're here. Today's episode is part of the How to SLP series, where we focus on basic skills that SLPs need in their careers, helping them build a solid foundation for a successful and rewarding career. the Missing Link for SLP's podcast. I'm really glad you're here today. This is Maddie, and usually I am the one that is doing the interviewing for the podcasts. And just a little while back, Leanne Porter from Speech Uncensored, she hosts her own podcast, um, had me on as her guest and we got to talk about all things related to fresh slp and our membership site and being a speech pathologist and sit and tell some wonderful stories so she was kind enough to share that audio with me and i'm going to share it with you so please sit back enjoy and listen because i know i sure did this is the podcast episode that leanne porter and i recorded on her speech uncensored podcast
1: Okay, hey, welcome to the Speech Uncensored podcast, Maddie. I am so happy to have you. How are you doing today? I'm great, and I'm happy, happy to be here. Thanks for asking me on, Leanne. Yeah, a pleasure. Um, I've really enjoyed working with you now. Like, I was a guest on your podcast, mm-hmm. and we collaborated on a CEU that I just kind of posted, moderated, and you presented on, and we actually just did that, like, the other day, and it was so much fun. It was fun. We dovetailed really well together. Uh, The skills of a good speaker and the skills of a good moderator, great things happen. That's true. That's true. I really enjoyed your topic as well. I thought it was really important and needed in our community. And it was um, supporting graduate students and CFs and how to be a good mentor and how to provide feedback or knowing the difference between only providing feedback and being a good mentor. And, uh, yeah, it was really insightful and the participants in the CEU really liked it too. Like they were typing in their comments there at the end as well. So. Excellent. It was fun. Yeah. Well, Maddie, for people who are just now meeting you, this is their first time getting to know you. Um, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I would say welcome. Welcome. I am a very passionate,
0: longtime speech pathologist who has had a great career. And I've been in the medical setting for a little over 25 years, practiced around the world. And I was a technical writer before I was a speech pathologist. And then I became a speech pathologist following my older sister's footsteps. And I have a younger sister who's also a speech pathologist. So there's three of us in the field. And then recently, I've shifted to the academic setting and am an assistant professor and clinical supervisor at a a CSD program. And I started, I had so many students who were coming and, hey, professor, how do I do this? And working with students over the years, it just became very natural for me to start answering questions from a student's perspective. And so that's how I started my website and my speaking and all of the fun that I have nowadays. Yeah, excellent.
1: Um so you kind of gave me a snapshot of um a very brief snapshot because I know you've done even more than that because we've talked before yes. like a lot more. <laughs> that was like the, just barely scraping the top. <laughs> <So, laughs> I have a great life and a fun career. Yeah. Um so you know, how did how did you determine you wanted to take supporting um, new graduates and early career professionals to the next level, rather than in your role as in academia and as a professor. Like, so, what made you take the leap into like going online and that kind of thing?
0: If that's an interesting question. Um, and it has a few layers to it. I had lived up in a town for a number of years and had worked first. I'd worked all around the world. And, and, and then when I started having a family, I settled into a town and at a hospital. And I'd been at that hospital for a number of years and my husband suddenly died. And I found myself a single mom, working and, and raising children and a number of years later I remarried, older in my years and wiser, and remarried and moved to a different area. And I went to I thought, oh my gosh, with my clinical skills and my passion, you know, I'm gonna do great. And I love what I do, but I was having troubles finding a spot for me where I wanted to to work with the team I wanted to work with. And so I just, I have these thoughts that tumble around in my mind because of the creative writing side. And I started writing things um, that I would share with other speech pathologists. And I put something out on Facebook one time and I said, would anybody be interested over a thousand people replied in like uh, forty eight hours. And so I decided that this would be a fun after evening event, after work event, and I started creating my website. And um, I first niched into the dysphagia because that's in the voice, that's one of my true loves. And there just there are other people out there who are very and it's for me. It's not competition. There's plenty of room in the sandbox for everybody to play. Um, I found myself going back to the students, and the students would say, "Why don't you write this down? Why don't you create something for us? Why don't you talk to us or you know start a podcast, professor? Why don't you do this?" And so I listened to them, and hence this was born. In fact, one of my students knew about your podcast and you had put um uh shingle out there and said, you know, interested in being on the, cause you were reaching specifically to us. And so she gave me your information and said, you, I love Leanne Porter. I love her podcast. Why don't you put your hat in the ring? And there we are. New podcast was born.
1: That's awesome. I love it. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite things is I guess I want to show it's accessible to um, have a positive impact in whatever Mm -hmm. way. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be local. It could be in your own setting. It could be in your community. But like, I want us to be engaged and I want us to look outside of our nine to five, you know, that's how I've learned and grown. And I feel like I get a lot more career satisfaction that way as well and avoid a little bit of that burnout. (laughs) Not always successfully, but it helps. (laughs) Right. So you have a podcast and let's quickly go over that because I kind of want to like hit like your podcast and then talk about your website and then get into um, those tools and tips and techniques that um, you provide to new, new graduates and early career professionals. So let's go all the way back to the front of that and start with your podcast Talk to me about the content and what its format is like and all that stuff.
0: Sure. Thanks for asking. The podcast is the missing link for SLPs. And as you know, when you create a name, you're wanting to create a name that represents what your podcast is about. And mine is about the missing links between what you learned in graduate school and how to apply it in your setting. So um, on the podcast, we have a um, number of different series now because we've been producing content for seven consistent months now. And one of the series is SLP Spotlight, where I've invited um, experienced SLPs who have worked in a variety of interesting settings to come on and I interview them about who they are, what they do, how they got where they are. We have a series on private practice possibilities. And these are the speech pathologists who have really branched off into their own definite particular niche. We have, we're starting the graduate student journey and these are students who are coming on, uh, they're, they're volunteering and they're talking about what it's like in the day of a graduate student and what it was like interviewing and and planning and choosing and, and working into all the different things that they're working their way through. We have a mental health podcast series that we're starting, um, mental health and, um, All the things that go along with mental health. That's one of my interests. We have another podcast called Real Talk, where these are speech pathologists who are going to be coming on and talking about some of those real talk, authentic conversations. And so it's aimed more for the listener who is newer into the field and wanting to learn some of the nuances and movements where he or she can move into their careers and dream.
1: That's awesome. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Now take me on to your website, which has a different name than your podcast.
0: It does. When I first started the, when I remember when I said I put something out there on Facebook Mm-hmm. Um, I started a website, Fresh Ideas for Therapy. And it, the name was too long and it wasn't exactly where I was wanting to go. So I shortened it to Fresh SLP. I went to get some orange juice out of the fridge one day, working on a name and everything. And there is that fresh bottle of orange juice and I had the fresh ideas for therapy and I said, Oh, let's do fresh SLP. Um, the website is the home base for the podcast for our newly launched membership program. And that hosts the broadcast. It hosts, um, the membership site, it hosts our blogs. We have blogs that go out on there. Um, I also do coaching for speech therapists who are new into the field or wanting to transition into the field. Just some of that one-on-one coaching. I've learned that people don't need a lot of help at all. They just want some of those resources and that third person to second person to reach out to and say, how am I doing? Is this feasible? feasible? And I give them real advice not and real resources, not trumped up, fake. Yeah, you can quit your day job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's a point for people to, it's a resource. And then um, the membership site is on there. Which is something that we've just launched, and uh, this is this is one of my dreams. We talk about having dreams, and it's a site on um, Podia where people can join, and we have content, we have webinars, we have downloadable PDFs, we have two live webinars a month. One is hosted. Um, on Facebook and the other one's going to be hosted on LinkedIn. But the first live webinar is where we cover a topic such as networking, such as SLP scripting. And these are some of the skills that are not taught in graduate school, but are definitely needed to launch a successful career, how to navigate those finer parts of being successful. And uh, that's the first Thursday of every month at 7 p.m. Central. And then the third Thursday of every month, 7 p.m. Central, we have a touch, um, a question and answer time where people bring their questions either based on what we've talked about at the first of the month or they just bring questions and we um, build a sense of community with those live webinars and then with our Facebook community and eventually a LinkedIn community as well for those people who are not on Facebook.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Good. Um, I've been and availability. (laughs) Um, what's what I think what resonates with me is I really can identify with that idea of, am I doing this right? Mm -hmm. When I first started, um, I was the only SLP at the outpatient clinic. And so I couldn't, I mean, I had a CF supervisor and another SLP who acted as a mentor, uh, but they worked with adults and my primary caseload was pediatric. And so they would give whatever kind of support they could. But if I had technical questions about certain kinds of treatment or assessment stuff or pediatrics, they would just say, you know, well, Leanne, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the person to, to be able to answer that. And so I couldn't really get that level of like, am I doing this right? And so like to, to have that availability of someone who's there to be like, yes, yep, you are continue on. I feel like that would be really helpful.
0: It, it, it is nice. I find that when people reach out to me, it is just either for that extra depth of of definition that they're looking for, either in their skill set or their careers advancement or planning, mm-hmm. and just that extra set of ears. Am I doing this right? Is this, yeah. Another thing that we also work hard with, with the membership, and even not in the membership, is just building a community as a grad student, I have been. As a grad student, as a as a professor, I've been so impressed with the graduate students we have nowadays. I don't remember being that good, and they're 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 just such a strong cohort, especially coming through COVID. This is a strong group of clinicians, and I've um, this is my second year teaching, and I want to create that sense of community for newer speech pathologists, because a lot of the students I've worked with, they are nervous on even asking questions because they don't know, but they don't know, or they're nervous about asking because they're not sure what people are going to think of them, or they don't want to admit that they don't know something. And so we are working hard at, at, at Fresh SLP to create this no shame um, accountability, but come as you are and come join our community. It's a very safe, welcoming community where everybody's welcome and it's a safe environment. Good. And we're, we're, we you know, we're calling it your new
1: cohort. <laughs> I love it. That's good. I think we need, um, yeah, to maintain those ties. I'm really fortunate that I got to be in a grant program in grad school, and so then within my cohort, I got like another smaller, mm-hmm. tighter cohort that we still talk and and meet up with, and even though we've all kind of moved out of the area, like we stay in touch and socially and with professional issues, and so yeah, it's really good to to have that from grad school and then to build new cohorts too, right? Um, okay, so. We've talked about the podcast, the website, and now let's get into a couple of those tools. Did you have any specific ones that you wanted to cover? Because um, otherwise, like I wouldn't mind if you elaborated a little bit on the SLP scripting. Um, <laughs> only because you mentioned it earlier and because I got to participate in your CEU the other night where you talked about it. And I was like, yes, we need more of this. So by all means, Maddie, take it away. Absolutely. The SLP scripting
0: has just been a wonderful little a discovery for me we all as speech pathologists know what scripting is and we use language scripting when i work with students um and they first come on they're like what do i say to the doctor what do i say to the family what do i say here what do i say there and so language scripting is an approach to conversations and how to have those very important conversations and sometimes when people start a conversation, they think they have to be responsible for the whole conversation and you don't, you just need to understand what your objective is in launching that conversation and what your objectives are. And so scripting is a very lean and agile approach to starting that conversation. So you would start, for example, um, I mentioned this the other day on aid it, which is acknowledge, introduce duration, um, Let's see, <laughs> um, acknowledge, introduce, duration, explanation, and a thank you. And aids are included in the script. So a script might be, hello, Jim. My name is Maddie. I'm the speech therapist working with you today because you've had a stroke and you're having some trouble swallowing. I just want to look and see how you're doing today, eating and drinking and seeing if you're safe and making sure nothing's going down into your lungs. This will take about 20 minutes. Do you have any questions before we start? And so you're just thinking about, you need to acknowledge. So I acknowledged him. Hello, Jim. I looked him in the eye. And then I said who I was. I gave the duration, I explained what we were going to be doing, and then of course at the end um, we will, I said thank you. And one of the things I also do with the students is having like you worked in a medical practice, in a medical setting, we have audits that we go through. One of our audits is are we asking our patients about pain every time? And are we saying thank you every time? And are we doing the fall risks and all of those things every time? And so a lot of these things are dovetailed into the work that we put out at Fresh SLP. And these, for example, we have a medical SLP boot camp. And it's it's all on like one of the popular units is what do you first see, hear, smell, think, taste when you walk onto a medical floor. And the students are sometimes surprised by some of that. Are they going to see a sense of humor where people are, you know, terribly sick? Are they going to see what are they going to hear? What are they going to smell? What does that cart outside the door mean? Um, And so back to the SLP scripting, um, the scripting, we can use it, you know, in our therapy sessions, we can use it. Sometimes we use it with our apraxia patients who they have that one phrase, that script. And I've taught my students to use that. um, This is your script, just a moment. And the, the working on those phrases, but taking it back to the students, it's teaching the students how to have those lean and agile conversations in a variety of settings with the doctors, giving an MPO recommendation, um, saying that you're going to do therapy or you're not going to do therapy or addressing a caregiver, addressing clergy, addressing a charge nurse to get an order Mm -hmm. and have all of those important conversations.
1: I love that. I really enjoyed seeing the different scripts that you had as examples during that CEU. Um, The point that stuck out to me was giving them that time frame. That wasn't something that I was doing, Mm -hmm. but I would find as uh, maybe being on the other side, being a patient in a facility, if someone came in and and gave me a time frame that they would be working with me, that just kind of helps me be able to wrap my head around it too. When we, you know, provide these expectations and things like that, it's really helpful. That's something I'm going to try to do. Um, Maddie, I had another question though like as part of your script you walk in and you greet them and say hello but one of the other things we're charged with doing is confirming their identification which of course all of our patients like absolutely love (laughs) saying their name and birthday 500 times a day with every person who walks in the room as we reach for the wristband right it's like i want you to tell me and i'm gonna check it too (laughs) so how do you weave that into your script Like, do you, do you do your introduction? And then when they're like, no, I don't have any questions. And you're like, then do you say, okay, can you tell me your name and birthday now? Or do you just like bypass that and just check their wrist?
0: No, I don't bypass that. Um, I, I, I've always taught my students that the the patient or the caregiver and or the caregiver is the guest of honor. And so I treat them like that guest of honor and I would treat them as if they didn't have all these difficulties. I had mentioned the other day, I was once upon a time, the one in the trauma unit bed. So I do have this perspective and I liked it when people walked into the room, looked me in the eye, greeted me, had that short conversation. And then they would say, before we go any further, let me just check and make sure that you're who I'm supposed to see, or let me just check. And if you do it with a sense of humor, you know, they will appreciate that. They know what you're doing. But when you're in the moment of introducing, then you introduce. When you're in the moment of checking the, the identity, you know, the, the two-point check, then, then that's what you're doing. And explain it as you go along and people understand and follow along with you. Mm -hmm. Once I get that initial conversation out, I'm also very interested in building rapport because the moment I walk in that door of that hospital room or I meet the parent in the waiting room, their um, their opinion of me is already starting to develop. And I want to get off to the best start because I know that my recommendations that I'm making are going to be solid and very important. And if I can... Get them to understand that I'm coming with compassion, but also a skill set. That rapport is built early on when I first enter into a room. And that's how I handle those initial conversations that increase that rapport and that confidence that they have in me and the credibility that I have.
1: Excellent. All right. Um, I would love to hear some of your stories now. Um, about you working with um, SLPs, advancing their careers or transitioning to this career, starting their career. Um, Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about how you do your your coaching, what that looks like.
0: Um, When I do my coaching, usually, well, always somebody has come to me and they have said, I see where you are and I see where you were And I see where I am and I know where I want to go, but I don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they are students and these are the students that do want to go the extra mile and really learn. And so they will come and and seek out materials from me for additional materials, additional websites, additional um, uh, podcasts to listen to and things like that. I will also get speech pathologists who are wanting to shift settings for whatever reason they're feeling burned out they're feeling um stressed because they can't get the work done and they're no longer enjoying their job many of them still have a passion for what they did um, and want to do but they're not feeling it in their everyday work environment So they want to see, they want to, they they know they want to change. They don't want to give up their careers. There are speech pathologists who are in the field and are really not enjoying their careers and leaving our field, which is sad because when I meet with a graduate student or I meet with people that I interview on the podcast, I love to hear their stories. We all came into this with a passion for doing what we do and why we do it and they've lost touch with those stories. So when I start coaching with somebody, um, I listen a lot to them, where they want to go, what they want to do. And I'm a very left-brained person. I'm really not all that right-brained, but we do a lot of, for lack of a better term, vision boarding. We do a lot of, you know, during a, a period of time, they write down on the sticky notes, this is what I want to do with my career. This is what I want to do with my life. And I help them organize and see clarity where they want to go and what they want to do. We do a character trait study where they do on their own. A lot of the tasks that we do, they do together. I give them the resources. They're they're self-propelling. they work their way through it. For example, viacharacter.org is one I shared with you the other day. And it's a, it helps you identify what you're good at and what you're not so good at. So as you do move forward shifting where you want to go you're operating from a place of strength rather than a place of weakness uh, or a place of of growing edges and so we change those um, places of weakness into places of growing edges and strengthen those up and give target and clarity and focus and these are speech pathologists who I step alongside them for a little while. Here's an interesting story. I used to run sled dogs. <laughs> I used to started running sled dogs when I was 12 years old. I'm from Minnesota. And I know some interesting people um, running sled dogs. And when you train in a new dog, you always put a um, a new dog beside a, a harnessed older dog. And the new dog is first free running. They just run beside the team. And then you eventually work them into the harness. And not that I'm wanting to harness speech pathologists at all, but I think the best education, mentoring, understanding, learning comes from when you have somebody who is beside you and, and guiding you and mentoring you and supporting you and, and pushing you, not pushing you, but, but showing you where to go. And opening that door and opening that light. And so that is what, that's what, that's the coaching approach I take. You already know what you want inside you. I give you the resources to go find it and to, to transition in your career or launch your career because everybody I've worked with, they're driven and they're smart and they do it.
1: hmm Yeah. Sometimes we just need that person to come alongside us and... hmm let us learn from them for a period of time and then we're ready to go. Yeah. All right. So, okay, Maddie, two things. First of all, sled dogging, adorable. I love it. Oh my gosh. I have a million questions. Oh, they're fun. <laughs> and second of all, like, yes, I totally agree with those sentiments. They are so important. Um, makes me think back to a conversation I had with Dr. Leah um about metatherapy. This idea she has okay. about, How we shape our conversation in voice therapy. Yes. That it is so important that. And that's not taught. That's not written down in research, you know, journal articles and whatnot. That's something you have to learn from other practitioners. And we need more of that overlap. Like, I almost feel like it should be required of our continuing education to spend a day shadowing another SLP and just learning their cute little tricks that they've come up with that would like blow my mind and be like, why aren't I doing that? Like, I love that idea. Did you know that
0: in voice therapy, I've done some transgender voice therapy, and if you introduce humor into a transgender voice session, that the shift in fundamental, um, um, you know, the fundamental base shifts naturally up uh, a step or two. And they're naturally achieving, those clients are achieving much more easily, much more healthily just by introducing humor.
1: See, I did not know that. I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What a great tip. also Like I'm so encouraging people to just have conversations with other SLPs, it's little nuggets like that, that just like kind of spring up in the course of a conversation. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So tell me some stories though, like illustrations of, you know, someone comes to you and they say, I'm really struggling in this setting because of X, Y, Z, like, uh, can you fill in the blanks and kind of? Because I think a lot of listeners might identify already. Sure, I I have one person I've I've worked with and I'm continuing to work
0: with her, and I I know I can talk about her because she gave me a testimonial on my website. She was in a, a sniff facility and she passionate about her work loves the work that she was doing with the adults and the work that she was doing. And she had family demands at home and she had work demands that just kept piling, piling and piling. And she, you know, she has the heart of a therapist. And I think I mentioned this the other day where, um, you know, as therapists, we give, give, give because the companies we work for the ask more and more productivity rates are increased. And, um, they just ask more. Sometimes it's like asking for blood from a turnip and not that we're turnips, but we only have so much to give. And we have the clients who we don't want to shortchange as well either. And so what happens is, is we give of ourselves to our company and because we have to, and we give to our clients because we want to, and we end up with very little in the middle. And this was a client, a speech pathologist I had worked with. Her name was Sarah. Is Sarah. And she says, "I love what I'm doing, but I'm just drowning. I'm burning out. I need to shift what I'm doing." And so we worked through some of her vision boarding uh, ideas. And so for a a few weeks, every idea that came into her head that she wanted to do, she wrote down. Um, Whether it was sleeping in a haunted house or hot air balloon rides, or you know, advancing her career profession, and we were able to see. Um, not with her specifically, but with other clients I've worked with, I've had them develop quite a stack of, of post it notes. And then we take those post it notes and divide them into different categories according to, you know, spiritual and career and family and intellectual and financial, all of these different areas. And with Sarah, she had a very neat stack of the yellow post it notes. And when she looked at them, she decided that her True calling. The reason she got into speech pathology was to be a voice therapist, and so she began taking, uh, looking at private practice. I gave her some resources, and she began delving into searching out if this was a viable option for her. She spoke with her husband. She gave notice at her job, and she now has it's taken some time but she's working on launching her private practice business and she has some first clients that are ready she's just got to finish with a few more things and she's going to fly high because when you're passionate about what you're doing there's no other option but to succeed it might not you might not succeed on the first try but when you're passionate about what you're doing you succeed because it it just it oozes out of you and it, it oozes out of Sarah and the other clients that I've worked with. Um, some other success stories that I've had, I've had um, clinical fellows come to me, not wanting to start a private practice, but really wanting to get a foundation for where they wanted to go long-term in their careers. And so we did some goal planning. Where do you want to be in one year or at the end of your clinical fellow? And from there, what lily pads are you going to launch yourself off of or jungle gym are you going to climb to get your career career where you want it to go? And that's one of the things about the Fresh SLP, um, the missing link for Fresh SLPs is the membership site. We talk about how to navigate, how to um, network, how to write a resume that stands out in the business world. There's a term called um, differential marketing. And it's a term that sets you apart from everybody else. And whether you know you like it or not, when you're applying for a job, you are competing for a job. So how do you get your resume to set up? One of the podcast interviews that I did was with Carolyn Brindo, and she is a fees specialist, and she hires and fires speech pathologists. And all not all the time, hopefully doesn't fire a lot of them, but she hires them. And I said, Well, what sets those resumes apart? She says it's those continuing education courses that people take. Do they wait until the end of the three years and then try to get their 30 hours in? Or are they deliberately, consistently building their courses? So your resumes tell a lot about you. Um, What have you done with that time in between? And so it's learning how to set a resume, learning how to interview, learning how to negotiate and advance your career. Not in a reactive way, but in a very proactive way, in a very um, definitive way. This is where I want to go, and this is how I'm going to get there.
1: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Very nice. Um, I really love what you said about, you know, when you're really passionate about what you're doing, you have no other option than to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you're talking about, like, where passion meets that drive. Mm -hmm. And so when you are just so passionate about something, like you keep finding a way through the obstacles to overcome them, to go around them. Yeah. I find in my own career course, um, I'm very reactive, especially to obstacles. Mm -hmm. and A lot of like throwing my hands up in the air. (laughs) And of course that's not how we go forward. And that's also not very mature. And so I've had to like learn a lot of other skills and techniques about balancing that and (laughs) and recognizing that like it's not happening this one way. That's, that doesn't mean forever. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a good idea to begin with. It just means maybe not now, or maybe it was a bad idea and we should go back to the drawing board. So yeah, well, I've learned in the
0: trials of my life, obviously with the death of a husband um, you have plan A, plan B, plan C, and then sometimes you work your way all the way through to plan Z and, uh, that's all right. You're still on the journey. You're still on the path and it's always better. You know, it's always going to, it can always be a better day tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not Pollyanna thinking. It's, it's a choice. Choosing to think positively and in a healthy manner is, is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To overcome those obstacles
1: all right well I think we've covered all the sections for today Maddie was there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap up not that I can think of all right super mm-hmm. what's the one thing you want our listeners to walk away with today what's that one little nugget you want to uh, nestle in their brains believe in
0: yourself just keep believing in yourself and when you have those days where you're overburdened and you're tired and you're wondering why you're doing this, go back to the core of why you're doing what you're doing and that home place and figure out where to go on but believe in yourself.
1: Excellent. I love it. I need to hear that very often (laughs) because life is pretty much a roller coaster and our work in um, rehabilitation is definitely a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. One of my um, former students who is clearly now a a working professional uh, messaged me the other day. And she was like, Hey, Leanne, can we talk for a little bit? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so we got on the phone and she's just feeling really burnt out right now. Too much pressures at work. She can't uh, meet and achieve as you were mentioning during our talk about like work wants too much. (laughs) We're giving too much or we're giving a lot to our patients and then there's not much left in between right. that. And so I think during different parts of our career, and it could be within the same year, we're riding that roller coaster up and down on highs and lows. And um, we've just got to keep working forward and rec- hopefully recognize that those lows aren't, aren't permanent.
0: Right. And, and taking back whatever control you can to establish those boundaries so you don't get burned out um, as speech pathologists we do give and give and give and then pretty soon what we've given becomes expected mm-hmm. so we move that boundary back too far and we sometimes do it to ourselves which is why I think community is so important and finding other people who believe like you do and will cheerlead you on and finding that cohort where you do belong and you have that support that you need to is so important.
1: Excellent. All right. Um, okay. I think that's everything for us. Again, Maddie, thank you so much. This was wonderful. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your insights with us. Well, thank you for having me on. It was a treat for you.
0: Today's conversation has created some aha moments for you and motivated you to become a better SLP, continuing to connect some of those missing links between what you know and how to use that knowledge. Thank you for downloading the Missing Link for SLP's podcast, and if you enjoyed the show, I'd love you to subscribe, rate it, and leave a short review. Also, please share an episode with a friend. Together, we can raise awareness and help more SLPs find and connect those missing links and get the information needed to help them feel confident in their patient care every step of the way. Follow me on Instagram and join the Fresh SLP community on Facebook. Show notes are always available, so come learn more at freshslp.com. Let's make those connections. You got this.